0: Everybody used to love them. Kids would go to the circus to see them. Parents might hire a clown to perform at a child's birthday party, but not now. People dressed as clowns have been arrested and jailed just for wearing a mask and dressing up in clown garb. How did we get to this state of affairs? Enter the clown. Send in the clowns. The clown character developed out of a zany, rustic fool character of the early modern, Commedia dell'arte, which were themselves directly based on the rustic fool characters of ancient Greek and Roman theater. The English word clown was first recorded around 1560 in the generic meaning rustic, boar, or peasant. The now classical features of the clown character were developed in the early 1800s by Joseph Grimaldi, who played clown in Charles Dibden's 1800 pantomime Peter Wilkins, or Harlequin in the Flying World at Sadler's Wells Theater. The circus clown developed in the 19th century. The modern circus derives from Philip Astley's London Riding School, which opened in 1768. Astley added a clown to his shows to amuse the spectators between equestrian sequences. American comedian George L. Fox became known for his clown role, directly inspired by Grimaldi in the 1860s. Tom Belling Sr. developed the red clown or August character around 1870. Belling's costume became the template for the modern stock character of circus or children's clown, based on a lower class or hobo character with red nose, white makeup around the eyes and mouth, and oversized clothes and shoes. In the early 20th century, with the disappearance of the rustic simpleton or village idiot character of everyday experience, North American circuses developed characters such as the tramp or hobo. In the United States, Bozo the Clown was an influential, august character since the late 1950s. The Bozo Show premiered in 1960. After the creative rights to Bozo were purchased by Larry Harmon in 1956, The character became a common franchise across the United States, with local television stations producing their own Bozo shows featuring the character. Harmon bought out his business partners in 1965 and produced Bozo's Big Top for syndication to local TV markets, not producing their own Bozo shows in 1966. While Chicago's Bozo Circus, which premiered in 1960, went national, via cable and satellite in 1978. McDonald's derived its mascot clown, Ronald McDonald, from the Bozo character in the 1960s. Hey, look who's skating. It's Ronald McDonald, a hamburger-happy clown. Here he comes. There he goes. The McDonald's trademark application for the character dates to 1967. Immediately following Willard Scott's three-year run as Bozo, During 1959 to 1962 for WRC-TV in Washington, D.C., the show's sponsors, McDonald's drive-in restaurant franchisees John Gibson and Oscar Goldstein, hired Scott to portray Ronald McDonald, the Hamburger Happy Clown, for their local commercials on the character's first three television spots. McDonald's later replaced Scott with other actors for their national commercials, and the character's costume was changed. He's McDonald's, the hamburger-happy clown. A is his favorite place in town. Based on the Bozo template, the U.S. custom of birthday clown, private contractors who offer to perform as clowns at children's parties, developed in the 1960s and 70s. The strong association of the Bozo-derived clown character with children's entertainment also gave rise to clown care or hospital clowning in children's hospitals by the mid-1980s. Clowns of America International, established in 1984, and the World Clown Association, established in 1987, are associations of semi-professional and professional performers. The shift of the August or red clown character from his role as a foil for the white clown in circus or pantomime shows to a bozo-derived standalone character in children's entertainment by the 1980s also gave rise to the evil clown character. The attraction of clowns for small children was based on their fundamentally threatening or frightening nature. The 2016 clown phenomenon, evil clown phenomenon, began in Greenville, South Carolina in early August, followed by incidents in Canada shortly thereafter. It later spread around the U.S., As a result of evil clown sightings, the Eastside Union High School District, the West Milford School District, Ohio School District, and Springboro Community Schools issued a blanket ban on all clown costumes and clown masks, in addition to previously existing policies and restrictions. Target has pulled clown masks from its website and stores as a result of this scare. The village of Memramcook, New Brunswick asked residents not to dress up as clowns on Halloween. Employees of theme parks were instructed to remove any horror costumes and makeup before leaving work. Media website The Verge dismissed the evil clown sightings as a case of mass hysteria, stating that a fear of clowns, which is common in children and adults, may be an underlying cause. Vox likewise claimed that, the Great Clown Panic of 2016 has been perpetuated by pretty much everyone except actual clowns. So there you have it, how common circus clowns progressed to Bozo, then to Ronald McDonald, then to the scary clowns of the last few years. Sadly, this heightened fear of clowns has exacerbated employment opportunities for regular clowning. Many clowns say they cannot find work and can no longer make a living at clowning because no one will hire them anymore. Hmm, too bad. What a shame. Larry, what do we have in the mailbag this week? Wait, what's that? Dr. Oz? Folks, Larry says we've been approached about appearing on the Dr. Oz show to talk about the health benefits of eating squirrel meat. Well, sure. Go ahead and get back with them. We'd love to talk about squirrels. Anyway, mailbag. Our first emails from Jackie in China. No, not Jackie Chan, Larry. I imagine it's another Jackie. Anyway, Jackie says, I love that big ape. Thanks for shining the spotlight on King Kong. He has meant so much to me growing up. He's been a real role model. Jackie, I hope you're not just monkeying around with us. Larry, for one, would take it very personal. But thanks for writing the show and thanks for listening all the way from China. Our next listener, Reggie in Rhode Island, writes, I have a real fear of phobias. It doesn't matter what kind, any kind, all kinds of phobias. Can you do a podcast show about phobias? Reggie, I think you may have tuned your podcast dial over one show too many. You're looking for the 5-Minute Psychiatry Podcast. Sorry, we can't be more helpful. Finally, our last listener, email, comes to us from Hank in Toulouse, Texas. Hank writes, and I'm reading it just like you wrote it, folks. If and I hear one more podcast about the joys of duct tape, I'm going to take out my six-shooter and blow a hole clean through my Google phone. Can you please talk about something else? Hank, I'm sorry the duct tape podcast elicited such a strong response at you. But on the other side of the coin, there are people just like yourself, I suppose, Well, maybe not exactly like yourself, but people nonetheless that are passionate about duct tape. And they get mighty upset when they hear anyone denigrating a product so near and dear to their heart. Why don't we all just calm down and roll with it? Well, that's all for today, folks. Tell one person about the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcast content. We're out of here.